You're listening to the Sourced Property Podcast. Hi, I'm Emma and welcome to the Sourced Property Podcast. Here with me is Chris Kirkwood. Hello. And today we are going to focus on keeping it simple. So property deals and things like that, keeping it simple and and making it more easier to reach your goals. So the reason that I thought about this as a topic was we talk about strategies all the time. There are loads of different strategies and you can go into each strategy and diversify and come up with different exits for a property deal. You see people on Facebook all the time talking about the big deals that they're doing. And I thought, you know, when I started and the position that most people find themselves in when they're coming into property is you don't have a lot of money and you don't have a lot of knowledge. Therefore, you've got to keep it simple. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I wanted to get back to the, to being simple with the deals that you're putting together in order to make progress from when you're first starting off. So I'm going to throw this back at you now, Emma. Yeah. If you were starting in property and bearing in mind that you're in property every single day. Yeah. All right. You focus on marketing, but you see all the strategies that people are executing and yeah. you see what people are doing with property. So if you had a pot of money and you were going to get into property right now, what would you do? It's quite a tough one. Um, and you, you had no time to prepare a, for this, right? I haven't, yeah, I haven't told you about this no. this question purposefully. Well, with what I know, I would buy a sauce franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. I'd get some training, but also I would look at the area that I'm in and, and look at what goals that I want to achieve. So it depends on your goals, doesn't it? It depends how big the pot of money is as well. I'd look at kind of different areas and different yields that they're producing. And that's really good. You've said a key word that I've put for um, one of the things that I wanted to focus on, which is goals. And people will look at, say they might have a goal of, I want to earn over £100,000 in a year. And so they'll look at property deals that are going to give them a huge amount of profit, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll look at the more complex, bigger deals. Yeah. However, you can actually achieve big income figures by focusing on much more simple things and stacking them together. So therefore, keeping it simple, keeping it achievable, and also being able to uh, create that path to that £100,000, let's say, let's use that as an example, £100,000 a lot easier, because you already know all the stuff that you need to do a flip or to buy something below market value. You just need to go out there and do it. This is actually the way that I started off. So when I first started, I was just buying houses that were below market value, potentially needed a refurb, some of them didn't, and then holding onto them, renting them out, getting the mortgage covered, getting on costs covered, and then holding on to them for a little while and then selling them on. And this is really coming to my mind at the moment because I bought a house four years ago. I've had the same tenant in there for the last four years. It's produced, I think the the income's been something like 150 quid a month. So nothing to write home about, but I'm just selling that house now, which I originally bought for just over 60 grand and I'm selling it for a 50 grand profit. So four years, 50 grand profit from an original purchase price of 60 grand. And have you done much refurb on that or have you done? Absolutely none. Nothing. Absolutely zero refurb on that property. It was in a pretty good state when I, when I first got it. And the people moved in within three weeks of completing on the property. So okay. no overheads to speak of. What's your reasons for looking at selling it now? I think the area has uh, reached a plateau. I don't think the area is going to go up uh, a lot more and I'd quite like to buy a camper van. <laughs> They're my reasons for selling right now. And are you going to let me borrow your camper van? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for putting me on the, on the spot <laughs> in front of our podcast audience. <laughs> 
Well, I think we should do a poll on whether we should get Chris to rent out his camper van. <laughs> Can I put my own fee on that? <laughs> 10 grand a weekend. I'll definitely mm. let you have it for 10 grand a weekend. You're all right. With this property then, have you just decided on this? Have the tenants moved out? Are you going to sell it with tenants in place? I've actually been thinking about selling this property for the last 12 months. Okay. But I really like the tenants. They've been fantastic tenants and I didn't want to throw them out. So I said to them, when they were ready to move out, I wanted them to give me quite a bit of notice so that I could put the property on the market. They're ready to move out right now. They're actually moving out today, uh, which is their last day. Okay. And the property is going to complete in the next two weeks. So I didn't want to throw them out. I've got no reason to get rid of the property. It's shit making my lifestyle better that I'm getting rid of the property. So I don't need to get rid of it. So I offered it. Um, I, I asked them if they were going to move out. They said that they'd, they'd think about it. And, and it just so happens that today is the day that they're moving out. So there's two things, I think, that um, when you're first starting off, it's all well and good me saying that, you know, keep it simple, keep your goal big, but you don't have to look at big, expansive, complicated property deals in order to achieve that goal. But even if you're going to keep it simple, how do you do it? And so I came up with the two things that you need to focus on, which are, first of all, how do you identify the area? Well, four years ago, I didn't know about Salford at all, really. <laughs> I lived just outside of Manchester, so I was aware of Manchester, but I didn't know much about Salford and what was happening in Salford. So I started talking to people. I started meeting estate agents. I started talking to them about the things that were happening. I started hanging out sort of around Media City and talking to people around Media City about what's happening, looking at the developments that were going on there, checking out the other, other developments in the area, and then just basically educating myself by talking to people. And that's how I got to know that Salford would be a good place to invest uh, when I was looking to buy the property. And the second thing that I, I didn't know about was where exactly in Salford to look for property. So then again, just started talking to people, started talking to estate agents, started talking to anybody locally that I could find around the Salford area. And it was actually an estate agent that took me to this property but it wasn't on the market. They'd just received the instruction to put this property on the market. We were looking at another another property, talked to the estate agent about what we were trying to achieve and what we were looking for. And it just so happened that he had the key in his pocket because he just picked it up from the office to go and have a look himself. We were the first viewing of this property. It was empty and we put an offer in on the spot because it was absolutely perfect for what we were, what we were looking for. Great. But in summary, how do you identify areas? How do you find the properties? You just go and talk to people. I don't know if you remember, Emma, but yeah. when I first started, one of my first ever goals in property was to have two conversations every single day about property. Okay. And I think I've mentioned this in a podcast before, because one time I actually rang my mum late on in uh, in the evening to have a conversation about property because I, had, I hadn't hit my two conversations goal <laughs> that day. That was really early on. But then over time, you know, you have conversations with people who are potentially more helpful than your own mum. Um, and <laughs> yeah, people, I'm not sure your mum counts for that. It did that day. It did. Yeah, did it was still you, a conversation you, about property. Did you learn anything? No, but she and she really wasn't interested. Did she, she learn? <laughs> she probably learned a little bit. I'm not sure whether she wanted to, but she definitely <laughs> learned something. But just have conversations with people. Get out there and and start changing the people that you're networking with. Change your network. Change those ten people that you surround yourself with to be people that are going to help you achieve your goals. So obviously, you were knocking on the doors of estate agents. What what other ways were you? Making sure you spoke to people and networked. So you can obviously go to prop, uh, to networking meetings as well. 
For example, we've got a networking meeting in Manchester. The first Sin Manchester is going to be on the 26th of September, isn't it? Uh, 26th yeah. of September, yeah. 2019. And you're doing some training on that as well, aren't you? I am doing some <laughs> training on that. And that's going to be about the finances of property. So come along to that if you want to learn a little bit more about how to put the finances together. Help well, him to achieve his two conversations of property a day. <laughs> it's gone up a little bit since then. And I'm counting this as one of them as well. <laughs> Um, from doing that property, from doing that strategy, I have moved on to bigger bigger stuff. For example, uh, we're building 525 flats just down the road from this property, actually, yeah, in, in Salford. So we've become sort of new build developers, which, you know, is all well and good. And the numbers are great in something like that. But it's a completely different structure and you need a lot of money to go into that kind of deal. And it's a lot more risk. And experience. A lot of experience, yeah. But when you're first starting out, you know, you don't have to make it complicated in order to hit 100, 200, perhaps even £300,000 worth of income in a year. And for a lot of people that are getting into property, that's enough. You know, that's their end goals after years of being in property are no higher than that. So why make it more complicated? By looking at people that are on Facebook as well and by learning about all the different strategies, you can get into a position where you're paralysed by overanalyzing stuff. I actually uh, was in a room with somebody once who they'd just taken some training on property. It was about bridging finance that they, they, were, they were being trained on. And um, somebody asked them, you know, how long have you been looking to get into property? And they said, oh, well, we're just waiting for the right time. You know, we don't feel it's quite right and we don't quite know enough. We've been on at least two training courses per year, but we just don't think it's the right time. And the guy said, well, how, how long do you mean? And they said, oh, we've been looking for about 10 years now. That's crazy. That is absolutely insane. And the amount of money that they must have spent on those training courses is... I think some people just, they like the idea, don't they? But they are too scared to commit. That's right. Yeah, I completely agree. With training, with the way that training is structured in most of the property industry as well, there's always a lot more that you can learn because I think a lot of training is structured on what's best for the people that are doing the training and not what's best for the people that are learning. Yeah. They'll, for instance, teach you about how to do flips and then how to do commercial conversions, and then how to do something else. And they'll be very strategy focused. The way that we do training is completely different. We've got a very innovative way of training because we focus on the finances and the contracts, which means that if you understand what finances are available to you and you understand the contracts that you've got available to you, then you can do any property strategy. It doesn't matter what it is, but you're, you've got a much more versatile uh, knowledge base in order to go and employ that in the property industry. So what's right for you and what's right to, for you to hit your goals? The first question that you need to ask is, does it need to be complicated? If your goal is £100,000 a year and you can get four flips per year or you can buy four properties that are below market value and hold on to them for a little while, make some capital uplift because you think that the area is going to um, have an uplift and then sell them on in a year or two, then... Actually, you know, £100,000 is quite achievable by keeping to very simple property strategies and going no more complicated than a simple flip. You know, £100,000 a year, 25 grand profit per flip, that's only four flips that you've got to find in a year. So how do you find these simple deals? You give me your thoughts. My thoughts? Where can you get deals like that from? Well, you could go out and look in your local area at rundown properties. Yeah, that's a good one. And then sort of get, and then note down the address and, and find, find who out, the owner is. Yeah. yeah, that's great, yeah. You could obviously do your online search with Rightmove, Zoopla, other search engines. 
are available. <laughs> How very BBC of you. <laughs> and what I would do, yeah. just to take that one step further, if you're looking on Rightmove and Zoopla, I would use that as a way of introducing myself to local estate agents. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always better, I think, it's always better to approach estate agents when you've got a property to talk about. Yeah. I think they're much more interested in talking to you, especially the first time, if you can actually talk about a property that you've got on their books. Yeah. The important thing, though, is to then Keep maintain that, that con- yeah. contact with that person. Because a lot of people will go in, they'll talk about a property, then they'll disappear. Whereas if you're consistent with your contact with that estate agent, you're and much more likely to... to you. Yeah, and introduce you to the property that isn't on the market yet yeah that's two off my list so well done <laughs> can you think of any others you could also do a leaflet drop potentially yeah. in your area spoken truly by a marketer yeah yep if you're looking for certain a certain kind of property you could target them areas do a kind of leaflet slash letter drop and hope to get some people to come back to you on that. It's a great idea. The one drawback I would say for that is it's quite expensive. Yeah. So can you think of other free ways? You could go on social media. Yeah, brilliant. And talking groups, local areas that you're looking to invest in and in property groups too. Very good. That would require you having a good presence on social media. So if you're going to be looking for a property in two, three, four, five, six months. Yeah you wouldn't wait till you need that property before you start building your profile on social media. Yeah. You'd start doing that today. And then by the time you actually request something or ask for somebody's help to find a property, you've got a lot of active people that are on yeah, your... Yeah, you've already got an audience. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Yeah, that's free. Anything else you can think of? Oh, I'm getting... Are you stuck now? I'm getting stuck a bit. Okay, I'll give you another couple. So there's the empty homes officer at the council. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Thanks. <laughs> So I just got an email uh, this week, funnily enough, from the empty homes officer in an area that I've sold property before. I get an email from her every month. She gives me a list of all the things that have been taken control of by the council because they need to be sold. Mm -hmm. So um, I believe most councils have got an empty homes officer. So it'd be worth making contact with your council to find out who they are and when, how often they send their list out or whether you need to make contact with them to get their list. And are they quite, obviously it's going to be different depending on which council, but are they quite open to handing this out to you? Well, the empty homes officer, their purpose is to stop them, stop there being empty homes. They want to find sellers. Yeah. One of the empty homes officers that I know was so helpful in trying to sell a property. She was actually doing the viewings for me for the investors I was finding because it was completely out of my area. But she was doing it because it was one of the homes that she had been made aware of but wasn't on her list yet because she knew that I was doing my best to get it sold. So she was doing the viewings in and I didn't really have to do anything about it, which was really helpful. Great. I'm not sure whether your empty homes officer would be quite that helpful, but it's, you know, you've got, yeah. to, you've got to start somewhere and you've got to make contact with them. Yeah, it's building that relationship, isn't it? Another source that you can use is your power team, because your power team consists yeah. of solicitors, builders, builders, surveyors, basically people that are in property. Yeah. So if they know that you're looking for something... They'll keep their ear to the ground. If they hear of anything, they'll pass it straight across to you. Solicitors especially could be fantastic at this because solicitors don't just tend to not just do conveyancing, Mm -hmm. but they'll also be managing probate cases. They'll be managing divorces. So that if people have got property that they need to get rid of quickly, they can come straight to you rather than saying, just go to the local estate agent. Yeah. Finally, on my little list, other sources. Now, you might need to pay or you might need to JV with that sourcer. However, if you make contact again and tell them about stuff that you're looking for, then potentially they could send you properties as well. 
So there's quite a few ways that you can find properties that need a flip that could generate this, let's put the ballpark figure in at 25 grand per flip. And you've got so many ways on that list that literally took us 10 minutes to think of that it doesn't sound outrageous to think that you're going to get four properties off that list in 12 months, right? Yeah. Seems achievable. Mm -hmm. Once you've got the property, what do you need to do? This could be the first ever property deal that you've ever done. The first ever property that you've looked at. Yeah. What do you need to do in order to make sure that you know that that property is going to sell and sell for the margin that you want it to? Well, you've got to look at comparables in the area. Very good. What's a good comparable? Something that's recently sold and is maybe in the same street. It's a similar size. Something that's very similar to the property that you're looking at buying and selling. Very good. Exactly right. Yep. So the most important thing that you mentioned there was that it's sold. So don't get comparables from the open market because yeah. it might be on the open market for 150 grand, but it might actually sell for 60 grand. Yeah. In which case, the only number that counts is the 60 grand. So sold comparables within a quarter of a mile that sold within a year. They're mm -hmm. perfect. And like you said, the same property. So if you're looking at a terraced a two-bedroom terrace, find another two-bedroom terrace to fit all that criteria. Yeah. Now, a lot of people come back to me because I analyze loads of deals. A lot of people come back to me and they say, oh, the comparables are really hard to come by. Now, a surveyor isn't going to go out to a property and say, I can't do your evaluation on that property because the comparables are really hard to come by. Yeah. A surveyor is still going to give you a number. So if the comparables are tough, you still need to come up with a number, but you need to think like the surveyor. Do you need to go to half a mile distance? Do you need to look at three bedroom houses and then take some money off if you're looking at a two bedroom house? Think like the surveyor and come up with the, the most intelligent guess that you can as to what that property is going to be worth. You can then ask estate agents, you know, ask estate agents, yeah, what do you think it's going to be worth to see if they come up with a similar figure to you. But in short, what do you need? You need three things. You need what's your purchase price? What are your costs going to be? And what's your GDV, your gross development value, your end value? What are those three things? And if you're creating a profit when you've put those three numbers together, then, then it's obviously worth yeah. pursuing. So the purpose of this is to rem remember that keeping it simple isn't a bad thing. You don't start off with property by keeping it simple and then purposefully look to progress onto something more complicated just because you feel like you're stepping yeah. up. I think some people try to overcomplicate things sometimes and it is about stripping it back and, and saying, right, let's go for it. We can do this. And if your yearly goals are to have an income of less than 200 grand, there really isn't any need to make it more complicated than this. You can definitely achieve what you need to by keeping your strategy simple. So you don't need to go on a million training courses about the extreme detail of how to start a new build development because your goals just aren't aligned with knowing about that property strategy. So don't overcomplicate your path towards your goals. The key is go out there, have conversations and make it happen. Yep. So you're going to do it then? Am I going to keep it simple? Yep. Yeah. I always keep it simple. Isn't Einstein, isn't it one of Einstein's like quotes? Quotes. Keep it simple, keep it honest, keep it real. That wasn't Einstein. If you've just knocked out an Einstein <laughs> quote at the end of this without any preparation, I'm going to give you nothing but respect for that. Are you Googling it now? He did say you've got to keep it simple. Well, kudos to you, Emma. Well done. Congratulations. And thanks for bringing <laughs> Einstein into the Soul Property Podcast. I hope this Anytime. helps. If you've got any questions, there's an email address at the bottom in the notes. 
feel free to email any questions towards me. Thanks very much. Thank you. So Chris is going to tell you some tips now. So the tip I mentioned in the main podcast, but it is really, really, really important that you stick to this because not only do I analyse deals from source franchisees every day, but I also have a lot of property sources who send deals to me as well. Now, when they send deals to me, they don't give me as much information as I require from source franchisees. But at the very, very, very simple level of putting a deal together, you need to know what your purchase cost is, what the costs of getting the property into the GDV will be, and then what that GDV is. And not only do you need to have those numbers, but you need to have the justification for those numbers. So in your costs, you know, what's the stamp duty? Mm-hmm. What's the conveyancing cost? How much is the refurb going to cost? And I don't just want a guess. I want to know exactly what the refurb is going to cost. I want a written quote from a builder to say what that refurb is going to cost. And then in the GDV, like we talked about, I don't just want to guess what the, what the GDV is going to be because an estate agent told you. I want comparables for that GDV value. I want evidence. It's just like being back at school and in maths. I don't care if yeah. you get the answer wrong. I just want to see you working out. Because if I can see all of you working out, then I can put that strategy together myself. And I should come up with exactly the same strategy as you've come up with. And if that is to keep it simple, then that's brilliant. Great. But my tip is purchase costs GDV. Thanks for that. So thanks for listening. And if you've got any more questions, just fire them over to podcast at source.co. Thanks. Thanks.